Professor Flimflam, she's Wonko, and this is Bard's Eye View, and this week we're looking at episode 9 of the second season, A Solstice Carol. Hey friend. Hi. I'll, I'll give you three guesses uh, as to which um, pre-existing property the plot of this episode is based on. <laughs> I was going to say, dear listener, have you ever read, seen or listened to A Christmas Carol? If so, see you next week. <laughs> If so, guess we'll what? We'll be back for more. It's this again. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am ashamed to say, though, that one of the obvious, one of the most obvious jokes in this episode, uh, it completely went over my head, sailed over my head, until approximately 25 minutes ago, when I, when I got it for the first time. Would this be the name of the Bob Cratchit stand-in? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so this is very very obviously the Christmas episode, Solstice Carol. It's the uh, the shortest day and the longest night, and we we celebrate the re- return. We're now moving towards spring, except we don't celebrate because a, a naughty king, Silvus, has banned solstice, and he's hiking up taxes and evicting orphans at midnight on Solstice Eve. All that kind of you know. Yeah, it's very important that he's evicting orphans on Solstice Eve, because you have to understand that he is a giant, grady, gaping cunt right from the beginning, right? You can't not. <laughs> he couldn't just be a regular dickhead. What, has to be. what an image. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, li- listeners, listeners, you were spared the, the hand signals that I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> There was there was body language that I hope never to see repeated. This from a woman who last night sent me a picture of her toes interlace. <laughs> you said you'd never tell anyone about that. I suppose the only the only upside is that the picture proves they're not webbed. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like not Gabriel. I I feel we're I know I feel we're di- digressing a little bit, and this is early. This is early even. For yeah, us, and we're on I a fucking say. harsh so time that's... limit here because I've got a TV show I want to watch at five o'clock, and it is now eight minutes past four. So we got to speed along, speed, speed, speed. All right. So one good thing that I liked in the opening because I'm going to bring it up every time it happens is a nice little bit of camera work, a little bit of cinematography, canted angle. Mm-hmm. AKA Dutch angle on the king's face as he's um putting out his ridiculous ridiculous um punishment pronouncements. Cause you know, he's in the wrong, in case you weren't aware. In case you weren't aware, he's a dick. So there you go. The camera's telling us he's a dick as well. That's what the canted angle told us. Yes, yes the can- canted angle is saying he is a dick. This is what I teach to my students yeah. to understand when we're doing media studies. Canted angle means this guy's a dick. <laughs> what does it mean kids miss miss it means he's a dick it's all right she's scottish <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we've established king silvus is a dick and he's a big old meanie and like uh, other big old meanies that are mean at solstice he has an overworked um clark yeah uh, and this clark's name so this is the bob cratchit character <laughs> And his name is Centicles. That's Centicles. This is the solstice episode, the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Have you got it yet? Yeah, I, I have. I'll give you another 20, 25 I, years. I, I have. Uh, I didn't get it until, like I yeah. said, 25 minutes ago. But to be fair, when was the last time I watched this episode? I was obviously 
you know, that's just another little layer, you know. That's a layer for those of us that are like on the pulse. <laughs> We've got our fingers on the pulse, on the pulse. of the Xena jokes. Um, <laughs> not only is Santacles Santa Claus. I mean, how did I yes. not get this? Because later on, they dress him up as no Santa idea. Claus. Like, he's in a red suit. It's so obvious. And he takes yeah. a big thing, a big sack of toys down a chimney. So how did I not... Maybe I just never mm. really internalised what the guy's name was. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but not only that, right? One of his major things that he's got to overcome in this episode is his claustrophobia. He's a bit... He can't yeah. accept the mantle of Santa until he overcomes his... Hang on. Claustrophobia. Do you get it? Do you get it, though? Claustrophobia. Um, I hadn't got that, actually. <laughs> I hadn't got that. <laughs> so we both learned something today. It's it's layer upon layer. So many layers. Anyway, Zena and Gabrielle yeah. in the marketplace, and I like this scene because it's very... This is our first Christmas as a couple. Let's get some yes. ground rules in. Uh, as to like our budget for our gifts, you know. Yeah, they're they're, they're doing a secret Santa between the two of them, aren't they? Yes, yeah, like, no, no more than five dinars. <laughs> no more than five dinars, and like Zena's Zena doesn't understand Christmas, obviously, right? You know, um, because she's doing the whole. Why don't I just give you the money and you can buy your own gift? And you're like, no, that's not the point. Zena's gifts are not <laughs> Zena's love language. Not at all. Not not remotely. No, although, although. Spoilers to the end of the episode. She gets better. Um, yeah. So, but in the middle of this cute little scene, uh, a grubby orphan steals Zena's chakram, mm-hmm. as you do, and uh, she chases him down. Chase, 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 rather than fight, fight, fight. And he leads them back to an orphanage where they're using it to decorate a Christmas tree. Now, I'm just going to keep... I'm just going to say Christmas tree, okay, for all of this shit. Everything is, like, okay. solstice bullshit right it's a christmas tree and it's he's put the chakram on top why don't we just revert to natural language and just call it winterville winterville yeah good old winterville <laughs> <laughs> let's be rational here it's winterville yes you can't you can't even say christmas can't anymore. even say christmas in a pre-christian society it's shocking <laughs> so anyway this winterville tree that he's put the chakram on top as a star for no reason you know because why would you <laughs> Well, no, it, no, it is a reason because Zena says that that's not an ornament, and the boy says, "Well, what, what else could it be? It's so shiny, shiny, <laughs> shiny." Why would she be carrying a tree ornament on her belt? Why would this heavily armed woman <laughs> be carrying a, a, a tree topper? Yeah, dangling yeah. off her belt. But of course, it's like the chakram is as sharp as plot requires. So obviously, he didn't cut his hand mm. to ribbons uh, when he stole it, and. <laughs> Tied a bunch no, of ribbons. Although he did it. tie ribbons to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so, what is it for? Well, we're about to find out because a bunch of dicks come in, led by Santa, uh, who Gabrielle pulls out of the way because obviously she knows just by looking at him yeah. that he's not a baddie. Yeah, he's not a soldier. The, these other guys are soldiers, and Whatever. he's just a dumpy Clark character. <sighs> Whatever, man. Um, so Zena uses the chakram with the ribbons attached. To ping, 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 yep. ping, tie up all the soldiers. Oh yeah, it's good, isn't yep. it? That's a good, that's a good little sequence. Good little chakram manoeuvre. Yep, and it leads to one of the first quips of the episode. I didn't know you did gift wrapping. 
<laughs> Lol. But, right now it's the comedy fight music right so this does set the tone this is not remotely an angsty episode there is no there are no stakes here other than you know will the orphans get kicked out at midnight and they seem to have a, an inordinately long time I feel like they maybe met them at like four in the afternoon and <laughs> yeah. they've got a really long time to set up all of their incredibly complicated schemes for the episode. They are they are quite they are quite complicated. Yeah. Zena just wants to go and beat some people up. That's her that's her plan. Gabrielle, on the other hand, wants to, for some reason, stage a fucking like Intervention. Yeah, stage an intervention. She wants to she she <laughs> oh, can we, please can we can we do it my way just for once? It is solstice. Yeah, it's Christmas. You gotta do it my way. And she uses her story selling business to get in there. Um you know, it, yeah. she starts to tell us the story of Crecius. Crecius, is it? Crecius? Croesus. Croesus. He's rich as Croesus. Croesus. A rich as Croesus. That's him. Uh, but she's obviously not yeah. putting her best effort into the storytelling because we don't see anything. Um, <laughs> no, but it's not her awful. It's not her awful storytelling. It's not Croesus. No, it's not a really bad storytelling. <laughs> she, do, she just tells a story, and it's you know. And she's telling it to orphans, it's okay. No, it's her, I'm telling this story to Xena story. It's her, there is a double meaning here. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do a ridiculous plan. Um. So yeah, the plan is obviously to do the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas future, except because we're in ancient Greece, it's going to be the three fates instead. Yes, nicely done. Uh, yeah, so that is quite well done, actually. It's reasonable. Yeah. I'll let them have that. <laughs> So they they pull all their money together, right? Everyone gets all the money they possibly have together, including the money they have for their Christmas presents, I must say. And they, uh, yeah. they've got exactly 35 dinars to go and buy the, all the costumes and shit they'll need for this, <laughs> for this production. So it's a low-budget theatre production we're having here, but Gabrielle knows how to bargain. As we see in the next scene... When she immediately yeah, she, she's wastes all of the money on <laughs> she sees a donkey being maltreated by he's not even being by, maltreated by the donkey the, the the guy just watched the just donkey, donkey fucking it's move just... and the donkey's like fuck you I'm a donkey yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is very much the vibe that is very much the vibe to be fair um, he's being dragged along but, but she's. Sorry, you go on. To, yeah, to the tannery. He's, he's literally being sold to be flayed. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, mm. he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> the, don- the donkey? Yeah. He just wasn't <laughs> yeah. doing what he was told. Like, well, how, is that, how am I supposed to know that? Because I, I don't think we've got a canted angle. How am I supposed to know if there's no canted angle? Actually, and on, you're right because the other things are telling us that it's the donkey's owner who's a dick because he's got like warts and shit yeah. on his face. So clearly, it's a very dirty face as well. Yeah. So clearly, um, by the laws of unattractive equals evil, he's a bad guy. And I didn't notice warts. I just noticed the the, the very heavy. Soot makeup. Oh, I thought he had warts as well. Maybe I've just added that in my head. Maybe he never had warts. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's you that has the facial blemish as signifier of evil. <laughs> Are I, we the baddies? Baddie? <laughs> I, I, I've suspected for some quite some while that we probably are. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway, so 
So we now we now have a donkey. Yeah, which has taken up all of their money. She bargains him down from 50 to 35. And then she sort of gets this look in her face as if to say, oops, oh, whoops. I <laughs> was supposed to buy all the disguises that we're going to need to pull off a three disguise. A three disguiser? This episode is a three disguiser. <laughs> a triple whammy. Triple whammy of disguises. Meanwhile, Zena goes to see the king to perform the first job, which is the Jacob Marley job, right? Yes. Uh, to tell him that he's going to be visited by three spirits or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a trailer, isn't it? She yeah. Just... Spoilers. It's... Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, hi, my name's... But she doesn't even... It's like, my name's Zena. And if he's heard of her, this is the jig up, you know? Like, she's yeah. quite famous. Other kings have heard of her. <laughs> well, she's as famous as the... As the... As the plot requires. Storyline demands, yeah. yeah. Plot, that's the word. I couldn't think of the word plot then. I guess so. Yeah. So <laughs> he has a wee rant about solstice and how it's shit and how he's not going to let people um, take the day off to eat a goose. A Honk. goose. Now there's Honk. something you may not know about us listeners, which is that we have an affinity for the goose. We are... <laughs> yes. <laughs> A particular goose. We are women of an answerine persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 have a fellow feeling with a goose who shares um, Zena's kind of outlook on life, which is that peace was never an option. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So the um, the the proposed devouring of a goose is quite frankly egregious. Egregious. It's offensive to us. <laughs> It's offensive yeah. to us Anserine people. Um, yeah. So, um, if you eat goose for your Christmas or whatever, um, stop listening because we don't like you. So, goodbye. If you eat turkey, that's fine because turkeys <laughs> are twats. They are. I'm allergic to all poultry, so I don't eat it. So <laughs> That's a poultry excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> We 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 digress yet again. Yeah, well, this is a pantomime episode. Not only <laughs> yeah. is it not only is it a Christmas Carol, it's also the panto. It's also the trip to the panto it for is, the the season with much, much slapstick. So much, uh, a lot of physical. What I've written here is there is a lot of physical comedy in this episode. There is. There is some of it provided by the donkey. Yeah. Um, Gabrielle discovers that the donkey, which she names Tobias for reasons we I don't think ever made clear. Because it's um, a But cute she discovers name. that the donkey, re- all right, <laughs> responds to whistle signals in much the same way that Argo does. Oh. So in in whatever time frame they've got, she works out what all the different whistles mean, yep. so she can communicate with with this um with this donkey well, to be honest how many commands are there for a donkey there's go forward go back stop honk honk dedicated honk button <laughs> dedicated honk whistle <laughs> <laughs> but um oh, meanwhile dear. while that's happening xena um leaps out of the king's bedroom and then goes back into a room right below it which for some reason the guards don't think to look in oh yes and discovers Miss Havisham's wedding day. Basically, he's dumped all his Christmas decks in the junk room, and they're all covered in dust yeah. because he's not whipped them out for a few years. Yeah, and what what we've learned by this point as well is that he he despises solstice because his wife, as Centocles tells us, his wife 
died on Solstice Eve some 30 years ago. Yeah. So so when when Xena kind of um, repels into this into this room it's it's like it's like the the wedding breakfast in Oh um, yeah, Havisham. Great ex great expectations. Yeah. It's got this really strong Miss Havisham feel. There's cobwebs everywhere and it's yeah. all um you know a, an abandoned life or a, a a life that's been stopped at that at that moment and left to gather cobwebs and so it's all so dickensian it's also it's also yeah it is it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway so that gives her a plan and luckily all all of his wife's stuff is there uh like everything that they could possibly need you know favorite frocks yeah everything they could possibly need uh as disguises and costumes so luckily when um xena gets back to the get back to the orphanage and discovers that Gabrielle's wasted all of their money on a fucking useless donkey. Spaffed 35 dinars <laughs> on a donkey. Spaffed 35 <laughs> dinars up the donkey wall. Um, <laughs> uh, she yeah, doesn't... Zena shrugs it off with, oh, don't worry, I've got everything I need yeah, at the castle. She's like, it's, fine. It's, fine. It's, all right, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I just happened to come across everything that we could possibly need. Uh, so it's okay that you that yeah. you wasted 35 whole fucking dinars on... And like, how many... Like, <laughs> it was like, what six fish cakes per dinar last episode how many fish cakes would you have bought for this the exchange rate for dinars for for real things seems to be extremely fucked up you know because like i don't rates can rates can go up as well as i know right but like a donkey costs 50 dinars that's how much the thing was going to give them for the donkey skin um Mm. meanwhile the tax that's a lot of money right that seems to be an awful lot of money 50 dinars seems to be a lot of money in general the taxes that the orphanage can't pay, which is why they're getting thrown out, is 1,000 fucking That's dinars. 1,000. 1,000. How many donkeys is that? That's like 20 donkeys. That's a ridiculous amount of money. Like, no wonder they can't pay it. She's doing all these sums in her head, people. <laughs> yeah, clever? my dad was a math teacher. So, <laughs> you know, it's all hereditary, but I can divide 1,000 yeah. by 50. Um, anyway... Moving on. Anywho. Obviously, the point is that he's jacked his taxes up really high because obviously he's a dick. So, yeah, Zena's got a plan now. And meanwhile, the kids, they, every time we have the kids on, they have to be like 110% adorable. None of them are a little shit. There's none of them. Yes. They've all, they're all orphans and they've all been traumatised and stuff, but they're all like little fucking you angels. You wouldn't know it, you would know. you? What do you want for Christmas? They're, they're one... They're one big happy family, and they're they're ruled over by this this mother figure whose name I can't remember. But it'll it'll don't worry, it's not me. a real name anyway. It's not a real name anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a very a very sweet and caring motherhead yeah. sort of. What are our solstices? I wish we had a nice dinner. I wish we could all have one single present. <laughs> I wish everyone was as happy as we are right now. Everyone in the whole world. Fuck off. I, I, I wish I could do an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> None of them want a fucking PlayStation. Lucy's accent was a little bit here and there at the beginning of this, I thought, and and Renee had some really Texan moments. I can't I can't can't remember what they were. You now, can't remember but, any specific um, if ones. You, if you go and watch it, well, Lucy had to no, do like I just remember judging. three different voices in this episode. I thought her voice oh, yeah, was she really has, good. She has fun. Yeah, I did. I th- especially the the middle one. Yeah, yeah. Lachesis, who I've always thought was Lachesis, but 
that's neither here nor there. The Christmas Carol bit starts with the first fate, who is the youngest one, right? Clotho. Clotho, right, yeah. So if he, if our man, what's his name, Kingy, the king did, knew anything about the fates, he would know that he should really be expecting a young Kiwi woman who can't act at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Because we've seen her before and we know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am Clotho the Maiden. Yeah. (laughs) I speak in a monotone (laughs) voice. <laughs> However, Zena does her best with limited material. Yeah, and um, most most of it create create bandages by the looks of things. She's yeah. kind of swathed in pretty much covered um, in quite a lot of creepy create, paper. Yeah, create bandages and a sort of hijab kind of face veil thing. Well, I mean, it's just a it's just a face mask, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, that's true. She's just uh, she's in PPE. Yeah, foolishly, <laughs> she's already met the guy. I don't know. I feel like if I'd met Xena, I would have recognised her again ten minutes later. No, but what what we what we learn from this episode is that no one is recognisable if they're not wearing their ordinary outfit. That's true. Yeah, because this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Actually, again later. yeah, you're right. Good um, point. It's yeah. it's pantomime rules. It's Superman rules. Yeah. put the glasses on and that's it. You're done. So um, so the king says, well, well, why should I believe your clotho? How 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 do I know you're not just one of those solstice wackos? <laughs> And she says, maybe this will persuade you. And she gestures to where an hourglass is spinning in midair. She <gasps> controls and manipulates time. And then we it pans round to show the the hourglass with the sand running through is on a stick. Yeah. That um, Centocles is twiddling behind a curtain to, to make it look as if this thing's um, spinning. Yeah. What, what we've missed out, by the way, is that Gabrielle has discovered that Centocles is a toy maker. Oh yeah, of course. I forgot that part. He's a, he yeah. makes toys. So toy toy making has also been banned along with solstice. Randomly makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, because they make no. You could off. never want a toy for any other reason, could you? Other than solstice, kids don't get no, toys if it's not Christmas no. time. No, it's a well-known fact. But he also made a toy that she really <laughs> liked when she was a kid. Yeah, a little a cute a little, little sheep ba, thing ba, that ba, barred when sheep. you pulled its tail. Which they do actually. If you if you try pulling a lamb's Pull tail, a lamb's it probably will. will so that's quite realistic, though. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so so they're making use of his skills as a toy maker and puppeteer kind of yeah. character. He's also got a blow gun that he uses to on cue, you know. Oh yeah, little little blow pie, little pea shooter yeah, kind of to thing. break the hourglass. Yeah. You know, so it's actually it's it good was aim. Ex- it was very Crystal Maze, Aztec Zone. You know, do you remember those ones where they had to like do a blowpipe thing at um, various things with sand in it and when they broke enough of them enough sand would come down and the crystal would come rolling down because of some, it had been weighted uh, <laughs> no I don't remember that I, don't, I didn't really watch it much oh, I was aware of it as a thing days, didn't watch it God. Much. you were probably living abroad in one of your various countries <laughs> probably <laughs> so Clotho so <laughs> is showing him his past yeah. so they 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 take him to the room of abandoned presence, the the Havisham in the Havisham wing. Yeah, for some it's the West Wing. It is it is forbidden. <laughs> for some reason, they're able to get down there through the castle without encountering any guards that would, yeah, that that would like ruin the whole <laughs> concept of this being a dream. Yeah, um, but whatever. Maybe they repelled down the side with the with the king. I repelled down the side, just maybe. like the first time. But um, 
they've got Gabrielle dressed up in a in the wife's dress and like up on a rope in front of the window, sort of half in silhouette, and she's been held up there by the donkey. So thank God she got it right because without the donkey, the whole system would break down. None of this would have worked. None of it. Not a single bit of it would have worked without the donkey. <laughs> so it's a very visible rope, I have to say. It's like a proper thick rope. <laughs> <laughs> you can see. But it's, you know, it's suspended by. And because it's a comedy episode, so the king is being a bit freaked out by his dead wife, who's kind of saying, "You've you've been a bit of a bitch now. Can you, can you not?" And as he turns to to speak to Clotho, Zena, um, some soldiers wolf whistle at a woman outside. The donkey responds to the wolf whistle, and Gabrielle drops like a stone. And there's some. And you get some proper slapstick action of Gabrielle struggling around on the floor with her bloomers above her head. <laughs> business with donkey. Yeah, comedy business, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> That's our end of act cliffhanger. Gabrielle dropping to the ground and having, having to wrestle with her own oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you get a little oh, bit no. of, You get a little bit of uh, slow-mo jeopardy. Like, that's their... <laughs> It's the most yeah. jeopardy we have in the whole story. <laughs> Pretty much. And we get one other we get another bit of information at this point as well. Mm. Um she says, you know, I you you went bitter when I died and she says, You you didn't die, you left me. Yeah. Turns out she's not fucking so dead. He's, he's he's put out word that she's died. <laughs> he's fridged her. Yeah. He's like <laughs> But actually she left him because he was a, uh, you know he, he was a mean This fucking whiny piss baby. Is so is like he 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 would find it so emasculating for people to know that his wife left him that yeah. he literally is pretending yeah. she's dead rather than just admit it's a very modern tale. that his wife didn't want him anymore. This makes him a bit suspicious because Gabrielle tries to cover with the it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. We spirits yes. always speak metaphorically, <laughs> but luckily Zena had pre-drugged him, so he faints on cue, so they can get him back to bed before the next fucking round. Uh, so yeah, classic stuff. <laughs> I wonder which I wonder which kindly middle aged woman we've already met might turn out to be his not dead wife. Can't imagine who that could be. No, there's nothing there. Don't 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 think about that for the rest of this episode, listeners. Do what do we have between between this and the second ghost? Have we got any plot going on between them? A plot? I don't know if you could call it plot. Um, well, you Gabs know. goes down to find the, the donkey who communicates with her through a series of brays. She's like, What's that? What's that, Skippy? Sendicles is, lo- is stuck down the well, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's Skippy or Lassie crossed with yep. Scooby Doo crossed with a donkey. It's like, Where's Sendicles? So she goes to confront him about being a coward, and it turns out he's a coward, you know, lol. Oh, we missed one of the best yeah. jokes from earlier, right? <laughs> when they were asking him, ages back, uh, they were asking him, how can you work for such an evil king? And he goes, I like to eat while stroking his massive fat tummy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I've just written in my notes, I bet you do, you fat dick. I can say that. I'm allowed to say that because I'm a fat dick. Um, I'm not body shaming. Well, I am. But it's okay because I'm one of them. You rolled your eyes when I introduced him as the Dumpy Clark. I rolled my eyes because I was thinking about how he said that line, I love to eat. Uh, okay. You know. <laughs> but 
<laughs> where he is now, he's in his he's in his workshop because he still makes toys even yeah. though it's forbidden. Because you know, he's a good guy even though he's a bit of a coward, even though he is claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. <laughs> yes, he keeps saying I I can't go to prison, I can't be in a in a confined space. I wouldn't yeah. survive it being shut in like that, being I would... in this tight, narrow space. There's a lot of emphasis on this. Yeah, I would die in a confined space. Um, yes. The next time we see him, he's emerging from a very confined space. Yes. But <laughs> so, Gabrielle po- points out in, in her um, kind of Californian kind of way, I know she's Texan, but Californian kind of way, that, but don't you see, that's just, that's just what you're doing. You've put yourself in a confined space. Oh my God, she's speaking metaphorically. Like spirits are one yes, to do. Like we spirits do. <laughs> <laughs> so she yeah, she does a bit bit of therapy with him. They have a they have a talking therapy session. Yeah, that's it. He's fixed as well. And, um, Instantly, like, you know. One session. Yeah. Oh my god, you're two right. minutes. He was like, Oh my god, I've never thought of it that way before. But she does also go for aversion therapy. <laughs> She's gonna there's a My irrational phobia is completely fixed. Sorted. <laughs> um Yes. You know. Anyway. So it's time for uh, the Ghost of Christmas present. And this is where... number two. Yeah, this is where Lucy really gets into the voices, I think. She's really... She does. She does. She goes all fruity. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually... It's quite entertaining, and I think she enjoyed doing it. For, I'm actually quite enjoying it. <laughs> this voice for the next week. Yeah. <laughs> She's enjoying herself with this one. Um, yeah, it was fun. So she takes him down to the orphanage, to well, it, you know, she disguises him as a peasant, and takes him down to the orphanage. Disguising him as a peasant means dressing him in some drab clothing yeah. and not letting him wear his crown. Yeah, you got to leave the crown behind. Ve- very, very much still his own face and hair, and you know he looks very much like Silver. Who's seen the king? Really, it's not like he's on telly. Oh, oh God. Well, we've seen him, right? But, like, generally the randos, you know, the random people of the, the town and that, they're not going to have seen him. He doesn't go and, like, he doesn't invite them up. He doesn't invite them round for dinner. Not have garden parties at the palace. He's not, he's not been, the paps haven't, like, un- upskirted him in the Daily Mail. <laughs> up tunics. Up Up yogurt him. So I I think it is reasonable that people wouldn't know who he was, but also he's not in his usual outfit. Can I just say I just I just said up yogurt when I meant up to yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna bother me. Yeah. <laughs> he's not in his usual outfit. Just like Sensically, he's not in his usual outfit because Gabrielle's dressed him up yeah. in a red outfit and put a hilariously hilarious comedy white beard on him because I wonder who he's meant to be now. Anyway, so Zena takes him to the orphanage. Now, I thought uh, upon watching this, I was like, okay, this is all, this is, you know, this is all pre planned, pre prepared. Then she takes him to the orphanage and they all run through these lines. Yeah, you know. We don't have much, but but you, but you can share what little we have because it's Solstice Eve and you're strangers. Yeah, that. And then the guy, and then the little orphan kid slags off the king and what a dick he is. And then they perform a song for them, which is. <laughs> You know, they, they, this is a little choir of orphans performing a lovely song about solstice, which they must have practiced a lot because there are harmonies in it and stuff. 
So well, you say that, but I I was I was listening to this song, and I said one of the things I've always enjoyed about the show, and literally the first thing that drew me to it was the music. Right. You know, you got this very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of storytelling through music you've got this sense of place that it gives it you've got this kind of balkan feel to it so brilliant brilliant music joseph laduca brilliant yeah um this solstice carol is on two notes it is solstice and we are happy let us remember the things that are nice okay fine because my joke was going to be that they must have practiced all the harmonies in that, and surely someone would have uh, heard them in this place where salt, you know, for their various choir practices. Yeah. Like, they're like, and like, you can just imagine the orphan mistress going, "Children, it's time for choir practice in case a stranger appears on Solstice Eve for some reason." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they just wouldn't have sung it at all if there hadn't had a guest. He's sort of quite touched and moved. You can see he's starting to starting to crack a bit, but but then he he has a has a little kingy wife left me tantrum no no solstice solstice is pants fuck the solstice and it's all your fault oh yes it's all the fault of the fates yeah. for, for letting his wife leave oh, such a which takes some fucking responsibility takes some agency what a man. whiny piss baby they're what your wife left because you were a dick i mean like you've just continued to be a dick even more so my wife left because i was awful and you didn't stop her so it's your fault that she didn't stay with me. Look what you made me do. Oh, God. <laughs> Need a trigger warning for that phrase. <laughs> so I thought all this was pre-planned, but the minute he goes and he goes and outside to go home, because he's like, "Fuck you, I'm the yeah. king." Um, and is it? And the guards are. There's a bunch of guards there. They've come to sort them out. And he goes, "I'm the king," yeah. and he's like, "And I'm the queen of the Amazons." Ha 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 ha. Okay, your majesty. No, no, she, she's on the roof with Santa <laughs> So Zena gets them back inside and the king faints and then she takes off her really not very, like, amazing disguise. She just unwraps her the, her, her lower face a little bit. And the orphan guy goes, yeah. Oh, Zena, thank, thank the gods, it's you. And you're like, wait a minute, hang on, did you bring him down there without telling them they were coming? You didn't tell them you were coming. You didn't pre-plan any of this. It just so happened to be. No, of course, because that's what you—that's what—that's what you do. They've been brought up by this lovely, kind woman whose name I can't remember, but it doesn't matter because it's not her name anyway. I don't—I don't suppose that will ever come to anything. You know, they're just—they're just being themselves. They're—they're—they're they're, they're basically. It's like Little Women, where they say, "Oh, come in. No, have all our presents." Yeah. Just no, we don't need them. It's fine. You you have them. Like they didn't all want to give their presents away in Little Women. It was mainly the tragic angel that wanted to give them away. No, that's true. Amy Amy didn't. And then she ends up ends up killing herself by help, help, killing herself to help others in the future. Yeah, don't don't help other people. It just well, I mean, do help other people, but don't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. That's my. That's that's. You read a very different version of Little Women to the one I read. I don't remember that incident. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Anyway. So we so we now have the situation where the or- where everyone's in the orphanage, the, the kids and this, this woman whose name we can't remember, doesn't matter, um, and Zena and Gabrielle and Centocles, who comes falling down the chimney. When Centocles got, fell down the chimney. <laughs> 
Well, when he fell down the chimney, he he did give a great shout because he said, "I did it! I did it! I was in a confined space and it was fine." Yeah. So he's he's cured. He's cured. And so Gabrielle's like, "Well, I guess it didn't work. We're going to have to go your way, i.e., extreme violence." But Zena looks at the toys and she's got, "I've got a better idea, <laughs> right?" And her better idea <laughs> is comedy fight. Comedy <laughs> violence. Yeah. <laughs> So their first step is to throw some marbles down so they get so they do that hilarious comedy whoa, whoa. skidding <laughs> fall over on the way in <laughs> yeah lots of lots of skidding about lots of um, big pratfalls it's quite yeah. quite good fun uh, then we have we have bows and arrows with you know suckers on the ends of arrows that's quite good oh, that's classic um, the, I've I've written down like my favorite parts of the comedy fight scene and maybe you oh, have on. some as well but. The best parts of the comedy fight scene were uh, Gabrielle's hula hoop. Um, yes. Because Renee's got extremely good abs at this point in the series. And uh, the, 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 close Gab, up, Gab's abs. the close up of Gab's abs as she uh, twirls a hula hoop around was quite welcome in this lesbian household. <laughs> this, yeah, this is Gabrielle distracting guards. So yeah. And then I think of the guards are like, oh, she's like, hey, boys. Want to help me play with my hula hoop? And they put their swords away. No, because... just come and get come and get your solstice present. Oh yeah, and they put their swords away because they're like, yes, this is what it's good. Like they have no sense of priorities. Uh, they're like, yes, we're in the we're in the middle of a fight, but we might be about to get lucky. We're in the middle of a fight, but she clearly wants to fuck us, so <laughs> we better put our swords away so that we can get our swords out. But um, serious, serious glasses on time. What, what I particularly like about this is that Gabrielle subverts the sexual violence trope that's been all too prevalent in previous episodes. Okay, thanks. So she's kind of using that. Thanks for that, chum. Suddenly <laughs> <laughs> thought I was on one of those late night review shows. Okay, other <laughs> good parts. Uh, Gabrielle yes. um, smacking some guys' helmets and they've got the exact right skull density to create jingle bells yes um her, her rhythm and their skulls yeah um handing xena her handing xena a plastic sword somehow somehow it was a plastic oh, yeah, sword that's good R- rubber sword yeah it was yeah. plastic seriously and also the unicorn up the arse of the guy who... yes unicorn up the arse <laughs> it was good unicorn up the arse was and a, it, a in fact in fact, I thought it was going to be this guy getting a wedgie because he's twirling swords like the guy in Indiana Jones. Yeah. And then Indiana Jones shoots him, right? Yeah, that's brilliant, that bit. Because Harrison Ford had the trots and he couldn't he just couldn't manage a whole fight scene so he had to rush <laughs> off to the moon. That's why that happened. Yeah. That is iconic, an iconic scene, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, it's brilliant. So he was kind of doing that sword twirling thing. <laughs> For a long time, with no no threat of actually using either yeah, of the swords, yeah. Zena, Zena looks down. There's a rope that runs on the floor between his feet, and you think, "Oh, she's going to yank it up yeah. and he's going to sing like a soprano." Yeah, <laughs> but then we discover there's a um, yeah a unicorn on on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious thing happens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you may not know this, gentle listener. The unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, so I feel that the, this part was the Scottish contribution to the fight. <laughs> so while yeah, this is well all done, while this is all happening, the king again wakes up, but this time in a place he doesn't know. 
in like I think he's in the yeah, pantry or something, dark. which is empty, obviously. Yeah. Um, and there's a woman so there. It looks like a cell. Yeah, and there's a woman there with a a mysterious cloak on. Yes, a third veiled figure. Yeah, and Zena has already clocked who who the orphanage woman actually is because she saw her leaning over the king, looking very con- very concerned about him with a particular um, necklace thing that has come yeah, out it had, of had, death, outfit. had the Deathly Hallows on it. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah. And I don't remember... I, if I watched it again, I'm sure we would see that that was, that was pictured in the painting in yeah. the solstice room. Yeah. But I, I don't sure. remember if it actually was, but I, I bet it was. So she knows... Yeah. She's left him, left her with him deliberately because she's figured out who this is. Spoilers, it's his wife. I oh, see, I didn't, I didn't twig that. I'd forgotten this bit, and I thought it was going to be like those episodes where they say, "Oh, so, so, so playing the the third fate Atropos really did the trick." So I, I didn't do that. Oh. Like, oh, maybe it was the real Atropos all along. Oh, did you think it was going to be that? No, pish. Yeah, I thought it was going to be that, like like they did with the Isaac, Isaac and Abraham. One. Oh, that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar yeah. sort of idea. Um, um, so yeah, but no, it was it was Mother Hen. Yeah, and this is all it takes for him to completely change his ways. Just the idea that he might die soon and go to I think maybe go to, go to hell, go to Sartreus because what he's, when he's listening to the comedy fight music and he thinks it's people tortured souls screaming in agony. So to demonstrate that he's changed his ways, he goes out and then the, he's walking up, he's walking up to the to the guards. And it's like proper like Reservoir Dog style him next to all the other goodies. And they finally get their proper fight on, which is a pillow fight, naturally. <laughs> He's smacking them with a fucking stuffed centaur. Um, so silly. But you need it's to, so it has silly. to be a pillow fight because that's how you get the snow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have actual snow because it's the fucking Mediterranean. So... So, Zena, the fearsome warrior princess, and Gabrielle, and this king, (laughs) and a whole load of orphans, basically see off a heavily armed brigade (laughs) of soldiers. By by pillow fight. (laughs) Pillow fight. Pillow fight versus sword. Who will win? Answer? Pillows. Maybe they've got an allergic, you know, feather allergy. (laughs) Maybe it's the the revenge of the goose. (laughs) So, the soldiers flee in fear of... Yeah. Feathering. The soldiers flee from being tarred and feathered, and the wife come the 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 mysterious hooded figure comes up, takes the hood off, and lo and behold, um, this <gasps> it's an earlier. Yeah, lo and behold, this minor change of heart was enough to make her want to shag him again, and that's it. They solved the yeah, problem. She says, "Yeah," well, and I think that's an opportunity missed to say, "Well, if you remember at the beginning of the episode, you were sentencing people to like twelve years of hard labor. Yeah. Can we maybe?" sort of talk about a hostage deal <laughs> can we maybe you know see yeah i would like to see the change rather than just you saying you're going to you know mm. maybe let's take it slow let's start dating again no that's it it's done fixed <laughs> fixed so yes. and this leads us to the end of the episode where Zena and gabrielle are leaving the town with with the newly acquired donkey and you think oh zina's got argo now gabrielle's got a faithful steam. yeah you're thinking holy shit are we gonna have to drag this fucking donkey around every episode but luckily no we're not yeah the show couldn't afford still, we still get jocks so, yeah but... god he wasn't in this episode jesus thank god thank you 
He's in next week. He is. So, yeah, he's... Uh, no, the, the show couldn't afford two animals. This is the reason, I've said before, I think, yes. this is the reason Gabrielle didn't have a horse until season five. Is because yeah. they couldn't afford two animals um, on the, on the payroll. Yeah. Um, so 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 Tobias is, hey, you can't afford me. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So they 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 just find Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus on the road. Well, so they they find a a young couple with a baby who are in something of a hurry. Yeah, and they find a... Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus on the road. <laughs> She's in a blue cloak thing. There's a star above yeah. them. They're on a journey. Gabrielle gives them a fucking donkey. And Mary says, may God, singular, bless you always for your yes. kindness. It's Mary and Joseph. Um, but luckily, you know, she's feeling sad about Tobias leaving, as you would. But luckily, Zena did manage yeah. to sneak her a little present at some point. She's managed to somehow buy her a present. Oh, this is cute. And it's wrapped. <laughs> So she hands it off to. It's her. wrapped in a bit of hessian. Yes, a little bit of hessian, not even any tape or anything. But that's it's basically still in the Amazon package. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of the Amazon package. She unwraps it and dun, 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 it's a little lamb thing that she had as a child. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. And she says, "But, but, Zena, I, I didn't get you a gift." Oh. And then she pulls the line that my wife does every single fucking Christmas and birthday. Gay! <laughs> and Zena, Zena says, Gabrielle, you are a gift. <laughs> God bless us, everyone! Yeah. That's every fucking Christmas and birthday. I'd be like, sweetheart, what do you want for Christmas? And she'd be like, I don't need presents, I've got you. Every time, every yeah. year. And I'm like, right, very good. But what do you want, though? Wonko's wife has a hilarious Amazon wish list. Oh god, well, she yes. did have. It's the best for her. It was her birthday recently, and I did. I cleared off all the all the stupid shit off it. Right, so like her wish list involves it's things like a roasting tray, um, secateur grease, um, leather insoles, <laughs> uh, washing up sponges, washing up sponges. So that was the best. I think that was the best. That one. was the best one. So I bought all this stuff yeah. as well as a real presents. But I bought all this crap mm. and wrapped it up inside the Amazon box and gave it to her. I was like, right, and stop putting this shit on your wish list so that people can actually buy you presents. <laughs> and you know what's on there now? A roll of tin foil. <laughs> <laughs> a roll of fucking tin foil is on there. I <laughs> know uh, what she's getting for Christmas. <laughs> I'll wrap her all her fucking presents in tinfoil. Actually, maybe oh, yeah, do I that. won't actually because the reason it's on there is because the well-publicised supply chain problems that we've been having in this country thanks to the pandemic and Brexit oh, right. meant that we couldn't buy uh, tinfoil in any shops around here for a long time. So I'd better not actually wrap, waste the tinfoil. No, better not. Anyway, <laughs> so... Yeah. So that is our episode. That is our episode. We have we have minutes left. Did you enjoy it? Do you know what? I really did. So did I. I really did. It was silly and ridiculous, but I I, I felt quite affectionate about yeah. it, actually. I was expecting, because I remembered it vaguely enough, and I was like sitting there going, right, okay, this will be a bit of a tedious slog, this one. Um, but it wasn't. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was very, it was sort of classic Xena hilarity. Yeah, it was, and and better than quite a lot of 
made-for-TV Christmas movies, yeah. I would suggest. Yeah, it's better than that big BBC Christmas Carol ad- adaptation from a few years ago with Guy Pearce in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was that was dark. Yeah, it was horrible. I would say this, maybe was, my, yeah. this might be my second favourite Christmas Carol adaptation after The Muppets. After The Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. It was it was sweet. There was a lot of comedy in it. Um, King was quite good. Yeah, he's alright. I guess nothing spectacular, yeah. but it was it was alright. He's fine. Um, it's all good. Yeah, but yeah, lots of lots of little gags, lots of little sight gags. As yeah, yeah, it was fun. But it was it was just it was very it was all very good natured, and the pillow fight was you know like you say brought in the snow, so it had all the elements you you want. Yeah. For a, a Christmas, a Christmas episode. So, in spite of myself, yeah, I really, really liked it. Enjoyed it in spite of being a grumpy fucker. Yeah, I actually, I actually might watch it again Christmas week. I think. Yeah, it'll be fun. We will. Maybe, yeah. maybe I will do that as well. Watch out! Yeah. This lamb that we, by the way, this lamb reappears. So, keep an eye out for the lamb. He's a recurring oh, yeah, character. Does. I can't remember where, but I, I know it does. Yeah, I'll tell you after we finish recording, so it's not a spoiler. <laughs> oh no, I've remembered. I've remembered. <laughs> right. Okay. With a with like two minutes to spare. Scores on the doors. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. It's a lot better than last week. Um. Well, fun. I was gonna give it an eight. So what that, the hell? that gives us the same score. It I think. all evens out. There we go. So it's eight point five. So yeah, a good, a good, solid, cheery. Yeah. Ho ho. A, wee, a ho, solid wee run of episodes. And next week we get yeah. season two clip show. Yeah. Which is better than the season one clip show. It's one of your favourite episodes, I believe. Uh, it is. It is. I will have much to say, I think. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to re watching it. So join us again next week when we talk about the Xena Scrolls. Yeah. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Bard's Eye View with me, Wonko, and her, Professor Flimflam. Follow us on Twitter at Bard's Eye Podcast and subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon, and of course on the Podbean app. Feel free to leave us a review, but only if it's a good one. Bye!